0: Welcome to Top Shelf Integrity, where we give you an inside look at how we, the Beam Centauri on-premise team, maintain our best-in-class standards in the alcohol industry, and what makes us the best team in the business, bar none. It's about service at the end of the day, and we're going to show you how we do our thing so you can level up yours. What does top shelf leadership do differently? What does it mean to show up for your customers and your teammates? How do you balance innovation and honoring legacy? It's all here. So grab a glass, pull up a chair, and let's pour one out.
1: Hi, I'm Ken Ruff. I like to tell people that I have the best job in the company here at Beam Centauri. I work with a great team of sales professionals that service our national count on-premise casual dining customers, as in restaurants. And the counts that we call on are very much like Beam Centauri. They're in a competitive channel. They're trying to win, all while rebounding back from COVID-19 closures from last year. My background? Well, I started out of college selling health and beauty aids. And then I got recruited by Seagram, worked there for three years, And then I came to Beam, where I've been for over 30 years. I've had 15 different positions and moved nine times at these three companies. My job is very closely linked to that of my friend, John Horns. John, what are you drinking over there? And can you give a quick intro?
0: Absolutely, Ken. Thank you so much for the introduction. I am sipping on a Hornitos Plata on the rocks with a squeeze of orange, which is my go-to in the spring and summer months. I appreciate the introduction. Um, For those of you that don't know me, I'm John Horn. I've been with Beam for 16 years, uh, which is just a drop in the bucket to where Ken is just coming from. I have served in a number of roles on brand marketing, trade marketing, field marketing, commercial sales, and in my latest role, I am uh, looking after our business around hotels, regional accounts, our on-premise portfolio specialists that look after the top independent accounts, and I also keep an eye on our drink solutions and cocktail-to-go opportunities out there. So that's a little bit about me. Ken, I didn't ask you, what are you drinking?
1: Ah, thank you, John. Well, I just poured a Maker's Mark Red Top. It's my favorite. People that know me know that it's my go-to. It kind of talks to me, John.
0: (laughs) Maker's Mark is the classic.
1: So I know that we're to talk today about our channel and kind of how we create value. And, you know, I got a kind of a, a quick story for you, too. You know. When you think about Beam Centauri selling alcohol, it's very different than selling other things. Let's think about the restaurant industry, right? The guy that's selling chicken to a restaurant chain, he's delivering value, right, John? Absolutely. If he's successful, that restaurant chain will probably carry one brand of chicken. At the end of the day, he goes home, he's happy, he made a big sale, and he's got a big customer you know, and I know that alcohol business is very, very different, right? Think of when you walk into a bar, you look at the back bar and you see the wide range of options that are out there, right? Cross beer, you know, there's places you and I've been to that have hundreds of beer tap handles and they have bottles and they have cans and they have big cans and all that kind of stuff. So there's, Just a ton of beer options and and wine. You know, you go to a restaurant, depending on the type of restaurant, they could have a pretty extensive wine list with a lot of different things. On top of that, hard seltzers now and other alternative products popping up in bars and restaurants and then spirits. In in a local account, it could be hundreds of items. In a chain account, you know, it's usually around 80 items carried on on a spec list. And our NAMs and our Rams really have to work hard to deliver value by being there for their customer and creating the convincing argument that our brands would be the brands that the bars and restaurants want to carry.
0: 100%. And for, the, for those in the audience that aren't in the business or, or don't know a lot of our nomenclature, you know, national account managers is a NAM, regional account managers are a RAM. Um, and these are the people that we have looking after different parts of the business. Um, but that's an amazing point, Ken and I think that in, in in a world that seems infinite to a lot of people that aren't close to the industry or in the industry, um, the choices that an account has to make and for each one of us large suppliers to go in and try to influence those those decisions as best we could is a really important aspect of it, so I'm glad you brought it up. The thing that I'm most excited about. Um, you know, there's a conventional way that people go after the business and they kind of look at it more in a binary sense of, you know, if I get this sale, it'll drive this many cases and I'll do whatever it takes to go and make that sale. And and, and the thing that always excites me uh, about Beam Centauri, especially, and almost every company that I've worked with and for for my career in this industry is um, the care and the thought that goes into it. Right. But, you know, both your and my teams uh, looking after, you know, close to 20 percent of the on premise, 25 percent of the on premise business really focuses on being a business partner to our accounts and trying to figure out the solutions, both short, mid and long term versus what a lot of our competitors. Not that they're all bad because there's a lot of good competitors that we fight against every day. Um, but a lot of folks that are in this industry look at the short term wins and then try to figure out tomorrow, tomorrow. And one of the, the greatest things that I'm, I get most excited about every day of, of, of my life here at Beam Centauri is how do I figure out short, mid and long term for our customers? And how do I have them think of me as one of the best suppliers that they work with every day so that we can build a relationship for the long term and service the ultimate customer, which is our consumer?
1: John, I totally agree with that. And I was just thinking the other day, you know, Beam Centauri has close to 40-year history of serving national account customers. Uh, This department was here before me. And what is interesting is we built this department by being customer-centric. That really means that we're listening to our customers. We understand their needs and their problems. We know who their consumers are. We know what the customer occasions are. And then we really found ways to pivot our brands and resources to help those customers so that they win in beverage. We we know how important on premises to build in our brands with consumers. And Gemba truly is a place where value is created. And when we do it right, the placements and promotions that our team, even in um, local On-Premise, the placements and promotions that they make, it connects our brands with consumers when they're out dining, when they're out drinking in a way that can only be described as magical. 100%
0: correct. I mean, obviously you have a much longer tenure at Beam Centauri than I do, but you know, you and I got close when I joined the, the organization, uh, you know, 15 or 16 years ago. And, and, and the transformation of how we looked at our business and how we serviced our customers and consumers has made a 180 degree at least turn. Um, and, and, you know, there's pros and cons to that right? Um, it, it's really hard to find an organization uh, or any company in any industry. I'm not just specifically speaking about the beverage alcohol industry where you have an organization that's willing to, to dedicate the patience and the time it takes to build your brands in the on-premise. And we've been afforded that. I think you and I have been uh, beneficiaries of a very forward thinking organization in beam Centauri and, you know, I guess this week or next week is our anniversary of seven years um, under the Centauri umbrella. And even though we were headed in the right path, you know, having Centauri as part of the organization and as our main shareholder has really, in my mind, accelerated how much we need to be patient and how much we need to develop The on-premise where you build brands, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to sound like a braggart, but you and I both know that, you know, Beam Centauri didn't walk away from the on-premise in any way, shape or form during COVID-19. We did the actual opposite of it, you know, where I was a beneficiary of a new department that was started up based on a lot of the great work that, that you had done. Um, to try to segment out some of these large customers into other groups and, and hire a team to get after a new business. Um, That's what I take great pride in. And I think that's what, you know, something that, that we should definitely build upon as we move forward.
1: Yeah, John, I guess you, you hit the nail on the head three times there. It's patience and investment over time and consistency in if you just think about the value created by how our NAMs and our RAMs manage our accounts. So for people that are listening that haven't been selling locally, you know, with on-premise accounts or at a headquarter level, the headquarter calls in many instances involves the chain's beverage buyer. But more often than not, it also includes somebody from training, marketing, Procurement, and now there's even digital and social media marketing that may be involved in the mix. Our NAMs and our RAMs have to be knowledgeable in more areas now than ever, ever before. Our NAMs and RAMs and our offerings are in a constant state of improvement. You could say that it's like Kaizen, right? That we continue to improve everything that we bring to our customers. A good example, John, is. You know, we've dabbled in Mixology and I know you've been involved in this department for over 10 years working with us. But where we were kind of third party using Mixology, we now have Tiffany Weiss and Bobby Gleason, who allow us to continue to improve what we bring to customers with customized recipes and customized business propositions for our customers.
0: Yeah, one of the first things that I worked on, you remember the group that that hired me into the organization and the control states, Tim Condren at the time, had a real love for the on-premise and it wasn't super popular at Beam at the time, if we're being honest. And uh you and I were both part of a task force that eventually made us hire our first mixologist for a company. That had been in business for 200 years and, um, had some of the most iconic, at least whiskey brands, um, that the, that the world had known. And that was Bobby Gleason, right? That was Bobby G and to have him still on the team and then supplement that great work with, with Tiffany and, 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 and just the team that we've built around the mixology piece of our business just gives us, you know, it it gives us a good confidence in 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 what we're doing and how we're approaching it and the fact that we listen as much as we speak and we want to um service our customers uh and consumers as as best as humanly possible
1: Hey, hey john another great example i know you're involved in this you remember in deerfield that we didn't have a bar right Shortly after hiring a mixologist, we made the decision that we'd put a bar in the corporate office, and it's very controversial because what do they do in bars? They drink, right <laughs> but you you when you for kind of like project that forward to then they put a second bar, if you remember, on the third floor in Deerfield, then we went to the merchandise Martin, and it is the god the unbelievable bar. Um, in turn, we bring customers in, they're impressed that uh, you can do all sorts of drink mixologies and different technologies. So, again, that's kind of a way that we've we've created value within our company. And it shows how we've pivoted to be more of a player in on premise and, and resourcing it the right way so that we have the tools of tomorrow. Absolutely,
0: Ken. And I think for, for some of the, the listeners, they'll they'll understand or have read about our move. For our global headquarters in New York, from the smaller office that we're in, we share with Centauri right now, to a much larger office at 11 Madison. And we're building it for the on-premise. I mean, there, there is no more important piece of our business where, you know, we took the learnings from the merchandise mart, which you mentioned, and then Deerfield, which was an office that I had worked out of um, and lived up in northern Illinois. Um, which might not have been ideal, you know, for us to get closer to our customers and consumers. The New York office is going to be built uh, on the learnings of what we learned here at the, the Chicago merchandise Mart, where uh, I'm part of the team that that's looking at uh, the build out of the new New York office and two bars, right? One to entertain and one to educate and you know dedicated space to make sure that we have the right spots and opportunities to share what we have to offer from a supplier and all of our amazing brands to our customers it's a really great point that that you brought up and it just reminded me of uh, some of the work we're doing for the new office to make sure we continue down that same vein
1: that's a great point. John, I just thought of another example too. you know, and I want to give credit where credits due. another example of where value created with our teams and where we have constant improvement and it's really the, the brand and channel marketing teams and the insight teams who we work closely with. So I think you remember back you go back ten plus years, a lot of the meetings that they may not have had. We didn't have the resources, number one. We didn't have the team, number two. And it might not have been as big a discussion point, but I can tell you now that, um, and you know, that when when we get with buyers, we know how our brand customers need our products. We know how our brands can deliver additional revenue or traffic. We know whether their customer, you know, will be satisfied with our products. We know how it can um, build additional sales and revenue, I think we're able to deliver on a higher level than ever before with the team we have around us in channel marketing and insights.
0: Yeah, that's an amazing point, Ken. And one of the things that all the listeners should know is that, you know, none of this happens within a vacuum, right? Ken and I, as good as we think we are and as good as we are, don't make all the magic happen, right? That it, it, It's not a universal truth that one human could impact an industry like like the spirits industry that is amazingly dynamic and and Ken's point I think is a great one that it takes a team right it 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 takes our insights our brands our teams um the local teams that work at the state level that have to service the customers that we care about on a national level and might be smaller to each individual state um, making sure that we build the belief and the trust um, for them to believe in the programs that we're creating with these customers and, and, and what that output is going to be. And maybe not for that particular state, but for the overall brand and for what we're trying to accomplish as an organization for the, for our priority brands. That, that brings me to a really good, I guess, question can, because you do have, uh, you're one of the most tenured folks at the organization. Um, and you've seen beam go through a lot of transformations, um, in your opinion or your thought, what, what does beam do differently? That kind of sets us apart from the competition. What, what is, what is that magic sauce that we, we have, or we're trying to have that, Will make us more successful and separate us from people that are that are that are larger than us or that we compete with.
1: Yeah, I, I would say, John, that the magic sauce that we have, we have tremendous brands that have a great brand story, a rich history, great heritage, and we take the brand DNA, the attributes of the brands, the power of our brand advertising, and we try to take that through our channel, multiply it, right. I think service is a big part that, you know, we, we have a diverse team. They come from all different companies and backgrounds, you know, two, two of our NAMs previously were buyers and the the kind of the diversity of thought, um, how we help one another, they all lean in. But I would say that the, the biggest pro for our company is service. I think more of the larger companies, John, are going to that kind of model You know where they have professional nams and teams around them and everything but but i think we were one of the first i think we got the formula right the company supported us with tremendous resources and what's really really interesting john is when you do it right people stick around working for us right so we have a team that's been in place for a long time and the conversations are are much richer with the customers is we go in and it's it's almost in the words of one of our national account managers, we won't leave until they give us a project, until they give us a homework assignment. Right? They want to challenge us to come back with more information so that they'll succeed on even a higher level. And all of our customers want to differentiate themselves by doing something slightly different, which provides kind of the the blackboard for us to to do tremendous things.
0: Yeah, that, that that's an amazing point, Ken, and 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 well spoken. I don't want to blow up your spot because I know that you are as humble as a human that, that anybody would ever meet, you know, if they know you, but you are also one of the most decorated and awarded persons in this industry for what you do and have done for so long. And I just wanted to, to say that out loud and, and, and recognize that because you know, the the teams that you build and the influence that you impart, you know, and the stuff that I'm learning uh, working with you as closely as we haven't in probably ten years uh, since I was your marketing support is invaluable, um, and, and your knowledge and, and everything you just said about how we service the customers and how we try to retain talent and it's really meaningful and it's something that that we focus on that I'm not sure that every every company, regardless uh, of the CPG category, focuses on. Um, but there's pros and cons to that right? Um, we mentioned a few of them before I'll bring up a few and then I'd love to grab your thoughts around some of them. Um, not every organization is patient, right? And it takes patience to focus on something like the on-premise where you're serving it by the ounce. You're not serving it by the bottle or case. That's something that I think we've been afforded more recently than we might have in the past. I think another thing that, that all organizations should have is, um, and you mentioned it already, is that diverse talent, right, is having our teams reflect the customers and consumers. And that can't be said for for everybody. And to be candid, it couldn't be said for us 10 or 15 years ago. That That's something that's incredibly important so that we understand and we gain the insights from the folks that would be consuming our brands but happen to work for us. Um, those are a couple of the cons, a couple of the pros, in my opinion. Before I hand it off, is is you know it, it creates such a dynamic environment. I was an entrepreneur for a lot of years before I joined this industry, and I never thought I would be anywhere for sixteen years because uh, I was never anywhere for two or three years, right? Because that was just kind of the cycle of what we did as entrepreneurs, and you know, either flipping or failing or succeeding or whatever we were doing. Um, the thing that has kept me at Beam Centauri is this environment of it feels like our own company. I don't, I don't think you and I think of it every day that we have to get up and work for somebody else. I think every day we wake up and say, if I have a good idea, I will be enabled to go and figure that out. And I will have the support that I need to go and make that happen. That's energy right that's like a life force energy that that's really hard to come by in a lot of jobs if you're an accountant or you work at a bank or you work you know I was a stockbroker when I first graduated from college and that was a nightmare so anyway that was a really long story and a little bit all over the place but I'd love to hear from your opinion just being so tenured and being such a leader in this not company but overall for the industry what you kind of think is the the pros and cons to our approach versus everybody else?
1: So so be, before I answer that, John, I, I think you hit on something there and you and I have talked about it a lot. It, it is different working for a company that kind of gives you the keys to doing what you need to do. And I love the atmosphere that we have in on-premise in general. And I love the atmosphere we have in national accounts that we have the vision right? Of what we want to do. We have the plan all set. And then we let all of our national account managers and regional account managers go out and do what they got to do. And I think, John, they feel like they own it because they do. We give it to them, right? And, and they've given it to us that it's what you make of it. And I think that is a big differentiator. And then you multiply that, John, times you know, we never really had that deep a bench for on-premise and look at what we built in terms of the OPPMs and the local teams and the talent, which has been made even more apparent with the the educational competitions that Kathleen's done. I I really think we're in a unique spot right now to build on-premise to be bigger than ever. So I think that was a great point that you had. I think your question was on, you know, how do we do it differently and kind of the pros and cons of being different, right? I mentioned it earlier, the continuous improvement, and I think a good example would be, again, I'm going to just bring up the Insights team. Uh, I know that you and I and our team rely heavily on them, but every single project that we do, John, is different, and I can't imagine, Mitch, and being on the receiving end of 40 different phone calls with 40 different projects that are totally different, but it is a great example that... Insights has come a long ways, right, with what the, the the sources of information and how we use that information. And even when we get it right, John, we're always asking for something beyond what they have right now to be ahead of the pack, because that's really what it takes to win. So I'd say like the the biggest thing we do different, and I feel like you, you and I are kind of champions of this, is driving to be at the head of the pack and thinking differently and doing it the way it needs to be done, right?
0: That couldn't have been said any better. As we mentioned before, it's a collaborative effort and we rely on a lot of departments to get done what we do and how we're able to be successful at it. It all harkens back to something both Ken and I said early in the conversation, which was, you know, we don't look to sell a case today and figure out what we're going to do tomorrow, you know, which a lot of people in this business look at. um, And having been on a lot of sides of this business, I could relate to it, we look at what is the long-term best proposition, right? So when Ken mentioned something like insights, that team is providing us with the information of what consumers in general are looking at for flavor profiles and types of occasions that they drink spirits or beverage alcohol and how they like to enjoy it. And those are, you know, those are, those are points of information that we can help work with our customers on to better service or better predict, you know, what might be a future trend when you talk, you know, Ken mentioned Kaizen a couple of times and uh, Kaizen for those of you that don't know, or maybe are not Japanese, uh, is the Japanese word for continuous improvement. Right. Even though you think you're nailing something today, there's a better way to do it. Let's figure out how to do it better um, and let's not sleep on our success. And and I think, you know, the fact that you mentioned that a couple of times, Ken, is really important to the conversation because that's where Beam Centauri at least is. Not that this is a giant commercial for Beam Centauri, but, you know, most suppliers, especially coming out of COVID-19, have to work as close as ever with our customers to figure out not what's going to help them recover today. Right. Cause that's important. And we're there for them for that, not what's going to happen tomorrow, but you know, the world has changed and uh, the way people consume, right. You and I both helped start our cocktails to go movement, right. Which evolved into our drink solutions movement, What used to be a lifeline to try to keep people to get a couple of extra dollars in the account so that maybe they can survive for another week or make another rent check is now getting passed left and right as permanent legislation where, you know, if if you think about your travels as a human, right, maybe in Vegas, maybe in New Orleans, right, for You know, 50 years on the planet, there were two places I knew if I grabbed a drink, I can walk down the street and have it and not get hassled by by a cop or somebody in, in law enforcement. That's now becoming a reality. There's 22 states that are considering permanent legislation, and there's another 13 states that are considering extending the provisions in place. Long story short, it's a very dynamic environment. And I think your point about how we service customers, how we utilize insights, how we are looking towards the future to create something, um, is one well taken because the, the short-term goals will get you only so far. If you really want to partner with a customer, it's gonna take you farther.
1: Hey hey John, I would be remiss, and I know you're gonna feel the same way, if we didn't call out A couple other points here. So Cocktails to Go is a great example. Two things. An idea that was generated from the on-premise team that the company endorsed for us to build quickly. So I know you were involved in that, how quickly legal leaned in to help us get it done, uh, IP leaned in to help us get it done, creating the logo, getting the concept, the wording, everything they had to align, and industry affairs, working with the states and National Restaurant Association. But again, I think that's kind of a differentiator, isn't it? Like like if we were in a national account group of another company, a competitor, I don't think you're going to see groups working as well together as we've been doing, especially during COVID nineteen, right, to make positive things happen. So for um hopefully hopefully some of these people will hear this conversation, but I know that you're grateful and I totally am grateful for the help that they extended to us to 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 get things done, which really differentiates us right from from the other companies.
0: Yeah. And it's something that gives me great hope every day. And again, I mentioned it very early, but that seems like a long time ago, a half hour in. But the fact that this department was created and you helped enable this department that I now uh, look after um, during a very trying time for the on-premise is really the calling card for how committed we are to the on-premise and to win in the on-premise and to figure out you know, the best way to service customers and consumers for the long term. So, uh, I'm very grateful for that. I know you are as well, as you mentioned a couple of times, I think we're, we're towards the end of the conversation. Um, so I, I just wanted to give you the opportunity to, you know, if you want to make a toast to anything in particular, as we sit here with our makers and ornitos, or if you want me to make a toast or maybe we can do it in conjunction.
1: Hey, John, I'll tell you what, I'll I'll do the first toast if you let me make it twofold. Is that okay? Absolutely. So my twofold toast, the first one is going to be for our for our on-premise customers and for their healthy rebound from COVID-19. And I think we're all going to see that happen this year. We're all going to be very proud of what happens, especially with our brands and on-premise. But the second toast is to you, my friend, to you for your new regional count and hotel team and the great successes that are ahead of you in 2021. And I thoroughly look forward to seeing the results and the great things that your team will be doing.
0: Well, that's amazingly gracious and I, and I appreciate it. And it's also the fact that we didn't speak about this prior that, that I'm going to have very similar toasts. Um, my first toast was to you, you know, you and I have worked together for a long time, almost as long as I've been with the, the organization And I couldn't thank you enough for the the support and the guidance and the information and the intelligence and, you know, everything else you've imparted on the last six or nine months since I've taken on this new role during a difficult time, because um, as I mentioned before, you are the best in this industry at what we do. And it's not just me saying that it's not the company saying that it's been recognized um, as recently as this year and um, over the course of the years. Um, So thank you Ken for that. And my second toast isn't so dissimilar to your other toast where I, I just want to thank the industry. It was a really, really difficult time. It still is. But what I got most excited about for an industry that I've been involved with since I'm a teenager is the resilience and the creativity and the passion to continue to try to do something that was easy to walk away from during a really difficult time where humans could not get together. And, and that's basically what the entertainment industry for the bars, and nightclubs, restaurants are and hotels there's very few people that just walked away from it. And there's more people that really stood up and said, I'm going to find a way. And that sparked um, having been in the business as long as we have. To me, it was the most encouraging that it sparked a new level of creativity and a figure it out and try to get it done. And, you know, everything that we've seen blossom over the past 13 or 14 months. And, and I want to raise a glass and I will definitely raise my glass of right now. To those of you in the industry that stuck with it and, and, and figured out a way to get it done, to survive for the next day so that you can fight for another day. Because that was something that was so inspirational to folks like Ken and myself and our teams and our leadership teams that we couldn't thank you enough for for giving us the opportunity to better serve you for you making the good fight continue to happen even in the the most dire of times so that uh those are my two super long-winded toasts.
1: john cheers to that and thank you it's been a lot of fun
0: it has and the good times are ahead right you know tough people uh find a way <laughs> and tough times pass but tough people stick around it's one of my favorite quotes and i have no doubt that we're going to continue to the whole industry will continue to blossom and i'm just looking forward to the part that that we can play at beam centauri to elevate the conversation so ken thank you so much for your time today um what an amazing conversation and i look forward to the next time we get together to talk
1: same here john cheers to you
0: top shelf integrity is brought to you by beam centauri inc chicago
1: illinois remember to always drink responsibly